You're listening to the 108 Bricks Podcast. Go ahead and follow us on Twitter at 108BricksPod and also use the hashtag 108Bricks to get involved with each show. Also, be sure to give us a like on Facebook, 108 Bricks Podcast, and get involved with all of our conversations during the show. Hello, everybody. Good day to you all. Uh, it is the 108 Bricks Podcast on wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, my name is Curtis Koch. That was such a radio thing you just had there, which I know is it incredible. Was. Uh, my name is Dylan Buckwhite, so this isn't a radio show. This is a podcast. Um, it's kind of like Chicago a Chicago Cubs show. Cubs Fest, um, in fact. And we're here, um, and the Cubs-Sox game is currently going on behind us. I think the Cubs are still losing. It's I have a... I've been yes, on and off still losing with that three. game. Um, with that, um, but uh, we're a couple weeks into the season now. Um, I'd say we're about where we expected to be. I I know the last episode, I would have loved to see the Cubs around 500, potentially battling for a uh, wild card spot. Yeah, I'm not. I'm going to change that. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think that's going to be the case anymore. Um, Cubs are currently nine and fourteen, probably soon to be nine and fifteen, and I, I think that's about par for the course with with the <laughs> yep. teams the Cubs ha- the Cubs have right now. Good show, same as it was last week. <laughs> um, it, it's it's hard to it's hard to watch sometimes, um, just because honestly, it's it's not even that it's like egregious mistakes and whatnot, but they're the teams that they're playing are just better than them. And unfortunately, it's it's kind of where we're at. Now, there have been some shining moments and there has been some excitement and, and fun games throughout the season. But it's it's tough when some of the teams that they're playing, especially especially in the, the most recent Brewer series, it just you didn't ever seem like they were really in the game at all no matter what really the score was and, and it's hard to watch sometimes uh when, when you kind of get into that mindset and that kind of vibe well and the other thing is too is is that i mean there were some bright spots we had say suzuki playing well uh hitting the ball really well uh there have just been a, a lot of like hodgepodge and mixed bag players on this team that have either kind of gotten gotten your up to your expectations and then they also really don't have a lot going for them like for example we talked about it before say suzuki having a great year alfonso uh, rivas has had a pretty good start to his season um as we're talking came out of nowhere yeah he he really did he kind of just came out of nowhere and with the the dh this year um it kind of allowed frank schwindel to get you know platoon in and out of first base a little bit which adds a little bit of flexibility to what the Cubs plans are we were talking off the air Dylan that really that the two best players on this Cubs team this year have been at least so far as of to date has been Ian Happ and Nico Horner um really they outside of those two guys you haven't gotten a lot of consistency I mean as we're recording which is funny because I I would say you you bring up the word consistency and I I wouldn't really go to Nico Horner and Ian Happ as being um oh yeah given given their history and everything (laughs) like that yeah absolutely uh, but there's just been a lot of guys that you would hope would be playing well that would maybe get you living up to your expectations that 
really just haven't done well. And I mean, you look at like a guy like a Nick Madrigal, who we all kind of had hopes for is when he came over to the North side from the White Sox that we were hoping that maybe we would get some, some good at bats from him. He, a guy that would maybe would be up on the top of the batting order and be a leadoff guy and get on base and that sort of thing. He just hasn't quite, I mean, batting average wise, it's just not been his year so far. 215 hitter, on base percentage 271. He has not been the guy that I think the Cubs were hoping for when they traded for Craig Kimbrell. No, and it sucks because uh, the other guy that they have, Cody Hoyer, is injured for the year <laughs> with Tommy John. So it sucks that you can't get him in there. The other guy that also hasn't lived up to the expectations or, or you know, relatively made himself look valuable and really in, in any sense, at least so far has been Wilson Contreras, who, as we're recording this, is going owing, going 0 for 3 against the White Sox. And uh, he's just been a guy, again, this year so far, 250 batting average, a couple home runs, 0.8 war. He's a guy that, you know, you were hoping to maybe see, since he was the face of the franchise, essentially, that maybe we would see some, you know, improvement with his offense. Um, Kyle Hendricks <laughs> hasn't, quite been his, his old self too uh four earned runs two strikeouts against the the white Sox, seven hits allowed um he hasn't been the same too since you know the the cubs kind of blew it up um and honestly there's just been a lot of guys that just haven't quite you know Not. helped themselves out in a ways and it's it's kind of been unfortunate yeah it's been tough especially on the offensive side of things for the most part with it i think if you really are kind of looking for some bright spots and some kind of uh upside to a lot of this it you can start looking to some of the pitching along the lines with it yeah um keegan thompson off to incredible start um from the bench um obviously or honestly I feel like their entire bullpen is slowly starting to actually come together to be a, a, a solid bullpen um, overall yeah. in terms of some of the pitchers you had. Um, Zach Efros, another name who, who's appeared in 11 games, 1.59 ERA so far. A big surprise, David Robertson kind of yeah. fell into the role of closer and and like maybe even some relief here and there. Guy's got 10 innings pitched and an earned run average of zero. Um, yeah. five saves along the way with it. It's it. I mean, that's pretty fun to see. Yeah. Um, and it'll be great until about July when they all get traded. Cause the nice part about the bullpen performing now, it means, especially if we're on this current tra- trajectory is that they're going to get traded at the deadline, right? Especially if they're not even close to competing. It's a lot of one year deals. Cubs are still a team that is essentially quote unquote rebuilding because um, I don't really want to call it fully rebuilding, but they're not really fielding much of a so-called competitive team this year. So well, a lot that, of what can be done. We said that from the yeah. beginning that we thought they could have been competitive if, you know, the checkbooks were opened a little bit more, but they weren't. They weren't. Uh, really and the only... we just learned that the hard way. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and the only guy that's been really worth the price of admission for a ticket has been Seiya Suzuki when you've caught him at when he's having a a good game. Um, I mean, Marcus really, Stroman are, games pitching are fun. Stroman games. Yeah, those are fun too, but I, I feel bad for him because he doesn't, he either one doesn't get a lot of defensive help or a lot of offensive help. It's yeah. either one or the other. And when he does get a good outing, it's fun to see because that's a fun guy you want to watch pitch. 
Yeah. But half the time, it, there's other things that kind of just, for Frank, get on get in the way, and that's just you know the unfortunate part. And it's it sucks even more because you watch the Cubs play against the White Sox, um, and you I know the White Sox are pretty injury you know bitten by the injury bug right now, but I'll tell you what that that team is you can tell even while they're still bitten by injuries are still light years better than this Cubs team. And even when they played against the Brewers last uh, weekend or this, yeah, this past weekend, um, 11 to one, nine to one. And then the Cubs finally got the, the final game, a two nothing win. I mean, you can't expect to be competing against some of these teams. Same thing with the Braves three to one, Six three Cubs won that one, and five to one the Braves won that one. The Braves took two out of three, and you know one of the things about this team, while it's been nice to see them beat up on the bad teams like the Pirates when you have that twenty one to nothing win, you see just how much the talent gap is, and not only just with the Cubs, but this is like a problem across Major League Baseball, like across Major League Baseball, like the Cincinnati Reds for example. Dylan, I'll be honest with you. I would be shocked <laughs> if they win 60 games this year. I will be shocked if they get to 60. I don't know if they will hit 60, to be honest with you. But that's looking te- good. Yeah, it's not looking good. And that team in particular had a bunch of talent when you look at the last couple of years with they had, you know, Castellanos and that sort of thing. And, um, you know, Jesse Winkler. They had a couple of really, really solid players. And, you know, they blew it up, and Reds fans are pissed. And I, I don't know if you saw the guy we on Reddit. Listen. I don't know if you guys saw the guy on Reddit who wanted to, uh, as Friday, he wants to meet with people at the uh, the arcs in right center field. And then he wants to, during at some point during the game, uh, scale the center field wall and take a dump in the back of the Toyota <laughs> pickup truck that's out there. <laughs> well, then. Which, if you're a Reds fan, like, Good for you, getting back well, at your your ownership in some sort of ways. Now you can't tell me that there's going to be extra security because that's gone viral, you know. Since, but you know, nonetheless, it's incredible. still one of those things where you know just how much of a talent gap this team is. And yeah. unfortunately, when you're seeing them play against good teams, it's not fun. I mean, you're seeing no. them get their butts kicked most nights, and that's not a yeah. way that you want to go when you're paying they for are, one of the most they expensive are definitely baseball. Not- the betting well, favorites. <laughs> yeah, but when you're paying for one of the most expensive experiences in baseball, I think it's like one or two, you expect it to be a good team with yes. that. And it's not attracting the, the good team crowds that you would have expected during 2015 or 2016. You're getting the group that's too drunk that they get in fist fights with each other in the bleachers, yeah. which is what happened against the White Sox last on a, on a, a Tuesday night. So yeah, it's hard to it's hard to be excited uh, about the team sometimes. Now, doesn't mean we stop watching. It doesn't mean we uh, give up on everything. But here we are, nonetheless, kind of being a little frustrated with the the situation that we're seeing unfold in, in front of us here. Because um, at the end of the day, I think it's one thing to be a winning team, but it's another just to be competitive and. I kind of want to like take it back to that like 2015 Cubs baseball team, right? Because they weren't expected to win that time, but there was still a lot of excitement around it because they were competitive. Mm-hmm. They were in every game. You you went into every chance thinking they got a chance and that they had 
that they were that at any point in time that they were still able to win and from what they did they were able to put together a wild card run and i think even if they didn't make that wild card run or even made the wild card it still would have been maybe even considered a successful season just based on the improvement that was seen from that yeah. so it, it, this this is the opposite right you you come in expecting them never to really come back with it not to have those kind of late game heroics um and and whatnot with it because you kind of you get what you're seeing on paper yeah. um with it and the stats reflect accordingly with it and and there are some good signs there are some bright signs to it and there's still reasons to get excited and and want to watch the team for whatever can happen but it's definitely a different feeling than what it once was and i think at the very least a lot of us just want to get to a point where we want to be competitive every year uh we want to be in it we want the games to be exciting and we want them to feel like they're out there having the chance to win and that's kind of the biggest disappointment that's really hitting um really it's obviously it's set in when they when they did blow up the team but the way the talk was the way that the message from the kind of the management and leadership from the team sometimes was kind of the opposite. It felt like they were expecting to compete and that they were expecting to do that. And obviously you don't want guys going out there and saying, well, maybe we'll win this game or man, we don't have that great of a team this year. But in a sense, it's hard when they're talking about how good their team is and how high expectations are and how excited they are with it. And then this kind and then this happens, right? Because it's just, there might be different ways to spin it. There might be different ways to say it, but it's just kind of a rough feeling overall. And then when Tom Ricketts is caught on camera at the end of uh, last season saying that the team's going to be competitive and they're not. And then you look around the rest of the, the rest of the league and you're seeing, you know, Javi Baez with some really great defense, and he's been playing really well for the Tigers. Anthony Rizzo had his first three home run game as a Yankee, and actually in his career, rather. And Chris Bryant, I haven't checked his stats, but from what I understand is that he's been playing pretty well in uh, in uh, Colorado, too. I mean, granted, it's Colorado. I get it. He's got, you know, the, the, the atmosphere, whatever it may be there. But, I mean, he's got a 281 batting average so far this year. I mean, he's hitting for contact. He's been playing well. I mean, that's those three it's guys, tough. if they would have, you know, maybe retooled a little bit, you know, I mean, we were on the, the, the boat that it was time to blow it up and, you know, redo it and get some prospects back, but they could have re-signed the guys and still would have at least been worth the price of admission to see the guys that, at least the three core members that got you a World Series ring. Um, it's just a little disappointing to still say the least that, there's these guys on this team that, you know, out I'm not on this team, I should say, that are out <laughs> there but aren't in any way, shape, or form helping their helping, you know, the cause that, you know, maybe this direction was a good one for the Cubs. And then on top of that, too, the Cubs just lost their um old assistant general manager, who is now with the Blackhawks. <laughs> yeah. So they they haven't really kept their um you know their, their words and their promises that they're trying to be that next great Cubs team. And I get it. You still got a lot of prospects in the farm that are, are playing well. Pete Crow Armstrong was the minor leaguer of the month um, in terms of offensive player. He had like a 375 average. He was crushing it. That's great to see. But you're not going to see Pete Crow Armstrong for another two or three years. You know what I mean? And sports kind of becomes a what have you done for me lately sort of thing. And I get it. You know, we were kind of that same sort of way when we 
went through the first rebuild back in 2011 and it took you know four or five almost four years to really kind of take it to that next step but you know um it's just you know it is what it is and you're kind of stuck with it and it just kind of it's unfortunate that the fans have to pay quite literally the the most you know for it not only just the most out of their their pockets but pay the most because they have to watch this team get you know blown out by you know rivals like milwaukee and st louis and their crosstown rivals and that sort of thing things started Um, promising Right, they won the a first game bit. of the season. They had a winning record for a little bit, um, and then things kind of changed. It, it was the the one interesting thing that I, I kind of want to bring up that uh, it might be something to pay attention attention to, especially with the the offense of this team, is their strikeouts and the at bats that they are taking. Um, obviously, I think the biggest red flag, particularly for say a Suzuki was was the fact that he's striking out a lot now he's had a lot of calls not go his way um which frankly might be an adjustment where those close borderline pitches that maybe some major league ball players are used to falling off a lot more um he's taking and maybe that was something that was happening more um in in the other leagues where now it's that might get called a third strike instead and that that's leading to some more strikeouts but you have the Cubs overall with a team that was started being praised for taking pitches, praised for going deeper into their at-bats and and getting guys on base, um, walking a lot more. And, and they are still walking a lot more than normal, but they're also striking out a lot. Yeah. Um, so far, 202 strikeouts uh, on the season, not counting what's going on tonight, though. But you want to look at a comparison in their opponents even right now the, with the White Sox, who have pretty similar records at the moment and they've only struck out 159 times. Um, that's a yeah. pretty significant difference in terms of strikeouts. And granted you have some players who will strike out more. Patrick wisdom uh, on the team was, is known to be a guy. He, yes, he's a power hitter. Yes. He's also going to strike out a lot more. You also have a team that's um, fielding Jason Hayward. That, that number's eventually going to go up. Uh, yeah. he, he's just known to strike out a lot, but you also have guys like Seiya up there, 27 strikeouts on the season. Frank Schwindel, 20 strikeouts. Wilson Contreras, 18 strikeouts. Um, well, but, but that's the thing, though. You you expect those guys. You had those expectations for those guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I guess my point is, is that you didn't quite know what you were going to get in some of these guys, which is fine. But then... You just again the t- the talent gap is just so widely different, and yeah. I, I guess it's just kind of a, a cum- cum- accumulation of fans are having to suffer for it by paying a ton of money and seeing this team play. The players are you know having to suffer in a way because they have to you know be on a losing team, which is unfortunate. But hey, they're making tons of money, so it's kind of give or take. But then. You know, as a fan, you're watching this and you have the rebuild in mind. You're thinking, okay, if if these four or five guys have good enough seasons where we're not in contention, but they just have good enough seasons to give them some value, you know, I mean, with baseball, you can't trade draft picks. You know what I mean? It's not like you can gain more picks in the in the MLB draft because of it, like in other sports where you could trade a player like, for example, the, the Blackhawks trading a Brandon Hagel for like two or three first round picks, whatever the 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 number was you know or something like that um but in this case you have to you know deal with the consequences 
And that's just unfortunate, is that we're all yeah. sitting there having to sit through that. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not going to get much better if you look down the line with the schedule. After the White Sox, are, um, this little stint is done. They go three games against the Dodgers, three games against the Padres. Um, good luck with all of those games. That's going to be a rough go. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say it right there. That, that Those are two... I mean, the Padres are in a weird state, but the Dodgers are a World Series um, favorite, essentially, um, at this time. And, and the Padres are a good baseball team. And you get a slight break. The, the currently 500 Diamondbacks come up after that. And then you do another series against the Pirates and then back to the Diamondbacks, um, followed by the Reds. So those can be some fun series, maybe. But it's hard when they go into any sort of series against a team that's competitive and expecting a lot really to happen of it. Now there's some exceptions. I think when you have like a guy like Kyle Hendricks on the mound, Marcus Stroman, maybe even Wade Miley, when he becomes, um, when he comes off the DL that like pitchers duels can happen, they they'll be able to do more with it. But if you're looking from an offensive standpoint, especially with the fact that, the consistency issue is going to be the struggle as along with just the general, uh, the general productivity. That's going to be tough. Um, you're really going to be leaning on the pitching. You're really going to be looking at the pitching overall. I think yeah. from this Cubs team this year um, for some of the more bright spots with it, and maybe they can put together some good runs and maybe we can have some fun games once in a while, but uh, um, the way things are starting and, and, Boy, would it be fun to just get proven completely wrong. I'm sure they'll go on like a 10-game winning streak after this. But the way it's kind of trending right now is the way the season, I think, is kind of expecting to be. Um, and it, the good news is, is we're not as bad as the Reds. Um, and <laughs> so we won't be dead last in the division thanks to uh, a current team over in Cincinnati. But it's not going to be fun. Hey, but, Dylan, yeah. j- just, for, just, for this, just for fun. All right, don't look this up. What is the Reds' record? Oh, uh, I'm not really sure. What? Don't look it up. Don't look it up. They've like five games, maybe? Less. Less? Oh, no. Uh, Let's see. They're three wins and 20 losses. (laughs) That's rough. 12 and a half games back of the Brewers. (laughs) Their home record is one win and seven losses. Their away record... Their away record is two wins and thirteen losses, and then the last ten they're one and nine, and in the net that's not even remotely close to the the Cubs and the Nationals are the next teams that have more wins and they both have nine. Yeah, in the American League, they're the lowest winning number is eight, and that's it. So the Reds are like historically bad. (laughs) Um. At this point, I think we need a shirt made and it just says 2022 Cubs. At least we're not the Reds. Um, <laughs> get, I, I obvious, get obvious shirts on that. See if they can. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's that's the way to kind of get at it and look at it this year. Is, um, it could be worse. <laughs> and luckily, we are seeing what worse can be. But overall, it'll be fun. I, I, I want to be looking at if we're looking for improvements out of the hitting is, is start looking at those at bats, seeing if they're taking more walks, seeing if they're getting a little more hits on deeper counts instead of just kind of getting behind early um, with it and see, see how the strikeouts go. Cause that, that might be really the key factor in, in terms of how the Cubs are looking this year and how everything is kind of expecting to play out. 
in terms of their offense, at least. Um, yeah. But my last point I want to make is um, if you're going to have exciting series at Wrigley Field, um, please move them to dates that isn't in the middle of May. Oh, my God. Um, thank you so much for bringing this up. I, it's just gross having to deal with fun series and like fun teams like the Dodgers coming in or the, the Cubs White Sox. And the I fact am that so it's glad you brought winter conditions up. and almost snowing um, on the field, because that's just not fun for everyone involved. And well, those games should be fun. You know what um, was, you know what I was just doing the other day, Dylan on marquee, they had a game from June 24th, 2007 Cubs White Sox. Um, it was classic Lou Pinella and Ozzie Guillen and Sean Marshall an MLB had the start. It, it was a fun, like, little retro game to watch. Cesar is tourist, Angel Pagan, Felix P.A., um, A.J. Pierzynski, Paul Canerco. It was always fun when it was, like, Lou Pinella. And oh, it was. It, it was. it was so fun. But then you know what was even funnier was you watch – the environment that that game was in it was in june it was sunny it was gorgeous outside and it was on a weekend <laughs> and you look at yesterday's and game. you look at yesterday <laughs> and you think to yourself what the fuck is mlb doing <laughs> scheduling such a, a, a rivalry game like that and putting it on a tuesday night putting it in, putting it in chicago night. in may like come on it, it's gross not only that uh, this was a this is a Cubs thing. It's it's really not that big of a deal. But if you're gonna schedule a flyover for a random night game in May, <laughs> maybe send out some sort of notice to the community because hearing fighter jets flying around Chicago at six o'clock on a Wednesday night and not knowing there's a game yeah, going like on, make it make it link to like I don't remember Day. the last time they've had a flyover in a cub sock series. I really don't. Now, someone if I'm wrong on this and like the, maybe the last time it hasn't it, it's happened every year and I'm just crazy, but that's a, like we didn't even we didn't have a flyover on opening day. <laughs> this yeah. year opening day there wasn't a flyover and they do a we flyover got one for, for a almost random night game for cub socks. It's like come a, on, if it's that special of occasion, let's move it to June so at least <laughs> it's nice out so that like there's more people to see the plane flying around. Like come on. They do they do a a flyover <laughs> for almost every Bears home game. But they don't except when it's really in the winter. It depends on the weather, but they do it for Cub most Sox game random night in May on a Wednesday. Yeah. Have fun, everyone. I, 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 it was funny because it, it freaked me out and I took to Twitter and everyone had no idea what was going on. <sighs> and then the, the Cubs tweeted out and you could see the airplanes there and you're like, OK, that that makes enough sense um, with it. But <laughs> it was it, it, it's something else when you have it like this and, and you're looking on TV and you can just see open seats with it. And you obviously you have to put baseball games in May and everyone has their opinion about why there's a 162 well, game season and why we're playing baseball in the middle of snow. Well, the other thing is, why are you having a flyover when it's not even a sold out home game and the teams aren't good? Like yes. the, the White Sox are better than the Cubs. Yes, but... It's not like I think the White Sox are, will turn it around. They're gonna. They just had a rough start. Yeah, but it's not like these two teams are like competing for a champion. Well, the White Sox are. But if if the Cubs, if both teams were equally as good, like if it was the 2016 Cubs and the 2005 White Sox in their primes going at it, that'd be worth a flyover. You know, because that's a big series. That's a a big rivalry game. Even like the 2007 game that we were talking about that was on marquee. That is a 
classic flyover-worthy game. A game in May? No, I'm sorry. It, it That's not worth it. That is not worth it. But, oh well. And then one more thing, too. At least it wasn't like the the Washington Nationals. Did you hear about that story where there was um, one of the home games for the Nationals? They had a um, a paratrooper. like a, It was Military Appreciation Day, and they had a military paratrooper parachute into the ballpark, but they didn't tell the um, – or they, they had it coordinated, but somebody from the paratrooper group didn't coordinate it with – like Capitol Police and in Capitol, like Washington D.C. airspace. So then, they were all prepared to shoot this plane down for this thing, and they finally realized, oh, it was just for the Washington Nationals, and they stopped. Classic. Like it, they locked down the Capitol. They that it was a potential threat that this that this airplane wasn't contacting with the warnings and everything like that, and <laughs> it could have been a disaster. But at least been. it wasn't like that. Oh, so. the joys of random baseball yeah. shenanigans. But that's about it, I think. It's, yeah. it's kind of been a straightforward couple weeks for the team. Hopefully we have something a little more exciting to talk about. Um, Cubs might actually just tie the game here. They got first and third with one out in the bottom of the eighth. So that should be kind of fun. Double play um, ball coming. Yeah, we haven't. We <laughs> haven't. Well, we stayed neutral on that game. So we're basing it off of everything leading up today. But hopefully maybe the Cubs can show some clutch hitting. And pull Hopefully. it out. That'd be Let awesome. us know what you guys think of this team, what you guys think of it, and everything else that's kind of fun going on with the Cubs, because I think there's a lot of stuff that can be talked about that is fun with it. Um, send us an email, 108brickspodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, literally wherever. Just search 108brickspodcast. Follow me on Twitter at high underscore I'm underscore fuck. I'm Curtis K underscore radio. And I think that's going to do it. Hopefully uh, hopefully, maybe the Cubs can uh, sketch out a win tonight. They might have just hit into a double play because it's already in commercial. What did but I say? <laughs> thank you guys for, for listening, and we'll see you next time.